0: Welcome to Unbroken Jars. I'm Doug. And I'm Randy. And this is a podcast where we explore individuals' real-life stories in real faith. You're listening to Unbroken Jars, episode 18, Providing Hope to the Homeless. The light of Jesus shines through the darkness, and we carry this light in unbroken jars of clay. We have a life and a story about our faith journey, but we're not struck down or destroyed. Our stories shine the light on Jesus and His power. Our faith walk has forever been shaped by the life of one man, that's Jesus. Jesus continues to use these real-life stories of those around us to mold us. We dive into this world by investigating, interviewing, and walking alongside real people who share their stories. Their faith stories of struggle, sin, joy, and victory, and how God is leading them will help shape your faith journey in unbroken jars of clay.
1: As we continue to look at the lives of men and women who are intentionally allowing their everyday lives, occupations, and hobbies to intersect with their faith, we're really excited to be able to bring in Mandy Kilgore for our conversation uh, this time. Welcome, Mandy.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah.
1: And I uh, just a background, I'm, I met Mandy a few years ago. Uh, I can't remember how long ago it was. It's been a long time. <laughs> at an event that the living room was having, uh, we were providing resume support for people in the community. Um, And Mandy brought in a couple that she was helping get back on their feet, if I remember correctly. And um, and it is really good to see you again and to have you as part of our Unbroken Jars podcast today.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to be here, and um, thanks to to both of you for the goodness that you're sharing through these podcasts. Um, I had the opportunity to listen to a couple already. cool. And uh, I find it very inspirational. Thank
1: you. thank you. Thanks.
0: Um, So for those of us, like myself, who just met you, and don't really know much much about you why don't you tell us a little bit about you where you're from you know what led you here and kind of what you do currently
2: okay uh, so I am from Gadsden Alabama which is about an hour and a half oh, south yeah. of here straight shot past the, the hospital uh, you can't miss it and if you do uh, it makes sense but <laughs> um, so I grew up in Gadsden and that's part of, of my story um, you know obviously we'll get to this in just a few minutes but for me homelessness is kind of what we'll kind of end up on as far as an overarching topic is concerned and when I was growing up and growing up in Gadsden I didn't see a whole lot of homelessness there Um, it just was non-existent I can remember being in the van with my parents and and just really not seeing what you see today like on the parkway So from Gadsden, um, moved around, graduated from Jacksonville State University, Um, moved around a lot uh, all over the state of Alabama. And at some point we ended up in Huntsville and we fell in love with Huntsville. I love everything about it. It's a good place. Yeah. Great place to raise your family. Excellent community, fun events. Um, My goodness. It's just a really, really awesome place. And so we moved away for jobs, I want to say. And then at some point, uh, we when we were moved away, I thought, oh my gosh, we've got to get back to Huntsville. Like, <laughs> whatever it takes, let's get back to Huntsville. And so, um, uh, Jacob, my first husband, <clears throat> who I lost tragically, and uh, we can dive into that at some point if you want. Um, but with, with Jacob, he was working for the Boy Scouts of America at the time, and then right. he um, found a way through Teach for America, and started, he wanted to become a teacher, and so he huh. taught here in Huntsville at May Jemison High School, cool. um, which we were pumped about. He loved those students. Sure. Uh, he was a big, um, big guy, 6'4", big beard, and those students just loved him, um, and so that was a cool season for us, and um, so he, uh, we moved back to Huntsville mm-hmm. through that through that path of Jacob mm-hmm. finding a job, you know, and Teach for America, and I just came alongside uh, at that time, so that was really cool.
0: That's cool. What so so currently um, where you work?
2: So uh, that's a fun question for me in the year of <laughs> 2021. <laughs> Um, when I graduated from JSU, I worked with Verizon Wireless for uh-huh. about a decade, and then uh, wow. a, a decade beyond that, I worked with a group called DentaQuest, um and Sorrell Dental. It provides dental needs to underserved children. And so I did that for about a decade, and then I just quit my corporate cushy job in April. And started working with Community of Hope full time. Wow. So I currently, uh, and this is the nonprofit that I founded back in 2019. So I currently work with Community of Hope full time. And my title is the Chief Goodness Officer.
1: Chief. I love that title. Too. I, yeah, me yes. too. Isn't it fun? Yes. The
2: Chief of Goodness. The Chief of Goodness. <laughs> I uh,
0: I've been doing for a ministry of and uh, doing ministry for a long time and nobody's ever called me the Chief of Goodness. Oh. But I but I could imagine that's pretty comforting walking in and being. Yeah. it's fun. Up, it's Chief? fun.
2: Yeah. Well and, and too, you know, a lot of it for me is um, uh, I had shared with you that we have a podcast too called Exposing Goodness. Yeah. And so goodness is kind of the theme um, of, of what we do, and it's really just about breaking down stereotypes and yeah. showing, you know, the goodness within us all, um, if you're not looking from a stereotypical view. So uh, Community of Hope full-time, that has been so interesting for me and so encouraging. I've never worked um, in the nonprofit realm before, sure. so that's a, a, a unique switch, um, yeah, sure. grant writing. Sure. Quite interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm getting into grant writing and some other things, and it's been um, very encouraging. Um, but to, to think about, and I still get excited about this, but homelessness is my job. You know, like, I, can't, I still can't even believe it, sitting here in front of you two and saying yeah, that today. Like, sure. homelessness is my job. And um, how encouraging that is for me because, you know, this was something that God placed on my heart a decade ago. You know, mm-hmm. and for me to say that I can live out my life and do what I love full time. Um, is such a blessing.
1: Yeah, and I I know from knowing this lady over the past few years that she does have a heart and passion for the homeless. And you mentioned the Community of Hope. Yeah. um, And maybe it's a good time to kind of go ahead and just maybe share with those listening a little bit about what the Community of Hope is.
2: Yeah, so... Through my service and gosh, I mentioned a decade. Like my stories are are vast and deep, but Mm -hmm. surface level today, um, community of hope, we discovered a gap. I mean, just in short, through all of my service, um, from street ministry and working with individuals and hearing their stories and trying to lift people up off the streets into housing in some capacity, we just discovered this massive gap here in Huntsville, and that gap is permanent affordable housing. And affordable, yeah. meaning that we're talking three hundred and fifty to four hundred and fifty dollars a month. Mm. Affordable. A lot of our friends on the streets have income, whether that's social security, disability, whatever that looks like for uh, VA benefits, vet benefits. Um, but that that monetary amount is less than a thousand dollars. I mean, we're talking eight hundred and fifty dollars a month. So when you say affordable, um, and someone is asking five hundred and fifty dollars a month for an apartment plus an application fee, plus utilities, right. plus a deposit, plus, 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 plus. Nobody can afford that. Right. So we are going to fill that gap. Um, sure. But Community of Hope is not just about the housing part. Um, the, the first word of our organization is community. And so if you look beyond the materialistic things, housing, um, we'll have hospice, respite, we'll have like physical, mental, um, we'll address those physical and mental needs on site. We'll have jobs on site and that's called our restoration works program. Mm. So with the job piece on site, we're going to have like things that they're really skilled at. These are their God given gifts, talent, skills, and abilities like woodworking or forging with blacksmith or, um, uh, car maintenance. Uh, a lot sure. of our friends are really oh, talented yeah. there and not to mention their artistic abilities. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll, we'll have all of those amazing things on site. But back to community, you know, I, there's a saying that goes around that housing will never solve homelessness, but community will. And so it's those good shepherds, mm-hmm. those missionals, those friendly neighbors, those, the, the people that are committed to walking through homelessness with that individual, that is what gets people up off the streets. Mm-hmm. So we're very aware of that. We're, we're providing a, filling a gap, but we're also providing a lot of community.
0: So you're talking about building community in these places, but you're talking also about the homeless community. So are you talking about building these, you all, you, you, you talked about this as a missional community. Right. Now, to be fair, I've cheated and went and looked on the website. Oh, good. And, <laughs> thank, and, and, thank you. Yeah. Thank so, you. so, so. This is not a leading question for anybody listening. But um, so you you talk about building these missional communities. What are you talking about when you're saying that?
2: You mean like what does missional look like if you're in the community That's itself? Correct. So
0: because you're talking about bringing these homeless people, these people without homes mm-hmm. into a community. Is it all built of these this homeless community? Mm-hmm. Who's working there yeah. Help so, us understand that. So to to um, hold on.
2: fast forward to next year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just kidding. This mm-hmm. is really like a big a big 10-year plan. Obviously, you're talking about a huge residential right. development. Right. Um, so imagine 50 acres with all the amenities that we just talked about with housing and, and all of that. But we're going to have missionals that live on site. And I've been so in tune to this conversation recently. I think because of the temperature of our country and everything that we're going through and all the news that's been pouring through um, to us individually about our missionaries Yeah, um, and how devastating that is. Those conversations are so devastating um, in other countries. But missional is is exactly what those missionaries are doing over there. It's It's... It's becoming it's discipleship. Sure. It's working with people to spread the love of Christ, um, and so we are wanting missionals to live on site with us for a minimum of a year. So that would be like you, um, you Doug, or you Randy mm-hmm. coming in and living alongside us within the community. For a minimum of a year And and being a disciple Being a friendly neighbor Being missional Being missionary However you want to call it But that's part of the success And that's You know We're replicating To be clear We are replicating A proven model That's out of Austin, Texas Which is great Because we're not Recreating the will I don't want to recreate the will I have no desire To recreate the will We're just bringing something That's working well In another place And bringing it here To Huntsville
0: That's crazy And what a uh, I think that's such a great idea what's funny is um it, it it's almost like this is Jesus idea oh, right? it it totally is <laughs> like take care of one another yeah yeah the whole yes the exactly. whole acts yeah. 2 thing um where um this is like putting putting that into action putting skin on that putting flesh on this um, building community I love it Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how Community of Hope came to be? Yes. How this...
2: uh Yeah, so, you know, that's, for me, that's back to Gadsden. Like, let's go back to my childhood for a second. I don't remember seeing homelessness. I just didn't. I mean, it was a small town. It didn't really exist. It does now. There's probably a population of around 200 Homeless people living in Gadsden.
0: Right. You might have a hobo that came through on a train, right. maybe once. Right. You know what hobo right. stands for?
2: Helping uh, our brothers out. Really? Yeah. A homeless yeah, friend know, taught me that. I don't
0: know that I ever knew wow. that. Yeah. Oh, cool. I thought it was cool.
2: Very, cool, very cool. Yeah. So, uh, Gadsden never saw homelessness. Come to Huntsville, it's everywhere. Um, and back to, you know, historically, you can even see. Uh, when I was working with Dental and Quest, that, the mm. dental group that provided right. access to care for, for kids, we had a dental clinic inside of uh, a place called Stew Pot in Dallas, Texas. And so I was living here in Huntsville and flying red eye to Dallas, Texas, and then working from eight to five. And we had a little dental clinic in there. And I didn't know homelessness before. This is how God has worked on me mm. and provided you know, seeds along the way, planted seeds along the way for me. But um, I started um, making having relationships with these people inside the dental clinic that were homeless, and they would come in and have they would make me laugh because they were they would say, "Hey, I'm here to get my one or two teeth cleaned yeah. for the <laughs> day," <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I of course laugh about that, and I've got so many stories about, um, you know, the little missional bags that people provide with toothbrushes and things like that, sometimes people would put apples in there. And another funny joke that would say is, why are they giving me apples? Like I have no teeth. (laughs) I can't bite the apple. Like, give me some applesauce. Uh, Absolutely. So that's how, you know, my heart like really just opened up to them almost in like a childlike way. Just no stereotypical views for me at all. That's a gift for me. Um, And I embrace that and love that and, and really trying to pull others through breaking down those stereotypes too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would fly back and forth to Dallas from Huntsville several times, and God just kept working on me. I would fly back into Huntsville. and so glad to be here because I love the Appalachian foothills. I love Huntsville. I love the community. I miss my family, all of those things. But mm-hmm. then I, the, I, God started calling out, you know, like, where are the homeless people here? Find them. And so as I think most of us have seen in the past, you're coming over 565. Sure. You see the tents. And so one day I got lost on purpose and I drove down there. It took me an hour or so, but I, I, I found it. And so I popped out of the car and my dad and I had this on a podcast recently, but I popped out of the car. My dad said, wait, wait, let me, let me figure this out. You just ran over and hugged the first person that you saw. I, (laughs) I said, yeah, that's what I did. You know, because back to me with no filter, you know and just meeting people where they're at and loving them no matter what they may have done or have been through in their life that is my gift and I like I mentioned I embrace it and so um, and then we started back to what I was sharing earlier trying to lift people up along the way we had a A veteran who Huntsville Hospital called me and said, hey, we've got this vet. He's homeless. I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know what he's going to do, but we can't release him. What can you you help us? Can you help us find him a home? And I looked for, with all my talent, skills, and abilities – um, and think when I say that, I mean, like, I can write uh, an application. I can fill out an application on PDF and send it. I can follow up. I have a phone. I have a car. I have a debit account with plenty of money for application fees. I can do all of those things that most of our friends don't have access to. Right. I still couldn't find this man a home. He's a veteran. He served our country, and it took me roughly six weeks, and I mm. finally found a place. But, guys, it was awful. It was yeah. 650 a month off of homes. Um, only uh it's riddled with prostitution drugs you name it it's there um Mm -hmm. not a safe place to serve not a safe place to live um and it was 650 a month in in the house (sighs) It's awful yeah roaches holes in the floor smelled terrible somebody had locked pets in the back bedroom for i don't know how long but the muck uh Uh, from the pets being locked Mm. in that back bedroom were awful we so we sent a team in to clean it um and that was hard. I still have nightmares and reoccurring thoughts about those bathrooms or oh, how sure. awful that was. And we were not okay with that. But, you know, God, we have a, this little saying about just say yes. You know, we've got these little just say yes opportunities that God gives us and knowing that he'll equip us along the way. And so we just said yes to that house, even though sure. we didn't like it. And Ricky stayed there successfully uh, as a, a Navy SEAL uh, veteran. And we had to pull two more vets mm-hmm. up. Um, one friend was living with his mom in a U-Haul storage unit somewhere here in town, and so um, he came and lived alongside Ricky. And then we had another gentleman that's on Army vet that lived sure. alongside Ricky. And so, Community of Hope, to answer your question, was born through frustrations of not having adequate housing for men and women that had income that were homeless. Yeah.
0: So, you, so you mentioned the the veteran community. That's one of the things as we walked alongside of several of our friends that. Are experiencing homelessness, that that is a big deal. It's huge. It's that community. It's like you find out. Oh, you start talking to them for just a minute, and you find out. Oh, they're a vet. They serve. There's there's a lot there, mm. um, and I appreciate you know your story, and and it's it's clear that you have a drive. That mm. as soon as you see something, um, I, I bet it's like a tiger uh, just.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I have to pray like daily when I wake up and pray. The very first thing is patience. You know, like Uh give me patience because I am a very um, driven uh, individual and Mm -hmm. this is not – Community of Hope nonprofit was founded in 2019. Here we are in 2021. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm ready. I'm ready for this to be here so that we can all, even sitting around this room today, we can all be out in service sure, um, and being the hands and feet in community, you know, mm-hmm. and serving and walking alongside those that desperately need us. And so um, patience is is my daily prayer.
1: Yeah. And, I, and I know, I know it because I, I saw you. I've seen your evolution of where you're at now with with Community of Hope because you started out with this group and another group and some some and I know this Community of Hope is not just you. There's several people yeah, that work with we you. We have a along. great team. I miss uh, so I forgot the lady's name. Neighbor? Karen. Yes. Karen Neighbors. Karen yes. Neighbors. Remember Neighbors. But anyway, I just know that that's those partnerships and friendships. It takes time, and I know people that are thinking about making a difference. You know, they they, they may get uh, discouraged if they think it's going to happen, and I and I was the same way with the work mm. we're doing. That we I thought this is going to happen just like this, <laughs> immediately. God's going right. to do this, but it doesn't work that way.
2: Right. Well, and Randy, you've always been very open, which is something that I've always admired about you guys. Is is opening the book and letting God write the words. You know, like this is the direction yes. that we're going to take. This is how we're going to go. Um, and he works so uniquely in each of us, and that was always very encouraging, um, what you guys have done with
1: 2820. Yeah, I appreciate that. I so, so you mentioned this a minute ago, and I think we need to, cause I think our folks need to hear this. I need to, hear, I need to be reminded of it. But uh, there, there's some, you know, you're concerned for the homeless. There's some misconceptions, uh, preconceived notions, ideas people have about the, the general public has about homeless folks
2: yeah. absolutely homeless yeah. people
1: Wanna, could you dive in that a little bit and just kind of share your
2: absolutely thoughts so i mean typical stereotypes of homeless men and women who sleep on our streets um, they're addicted to drugs they're addicted to alcohol they want to be out there right that one's a big one that is a big one you're mm-hmm. right yeah and and i let me let me touch on that one because i think that one's a safe one that we all like to say Um, As Christians, I think that we are inclined to say they want to be out there. Um, But let me tell you the story about my brother um, who is sleeping on the streets and and now in another city. Um, But his name is, his street name is Iceman. Uh, They each (laughs) have street names, which you guys may know, Um, but Joe. So Joe and I were talking and Joe was raised uh, by a Marine and um, raised from a financial aspect on you need to have, if you're going to pay a mortgage, um, and I think a lot of us are in this boat right now with the housing market and the mortgage prices yeah. being so high, but you need to have that in check where it's only 25% of your monthly allowed income. And so Joe had homeless, let me, let's be clear, in addressing the they want to be out there conversation. Joe had a, a job making great money I mean, I said great money, but you know, survivable money. Um, it was probably around a thousand a month. So, yeah. making a thousand a month, had a car parked in a homeless camp here in Huntsville. And when he was approached and said, "Hey, hey," somebody would say, "Hey, Joe, you've got a car, you've got income. Why don't you get a house?" And Joe would be like, "Ah, oh, you know, I don't need that. I don't need that." But that's a surface-level response, um, and it inclines people to think that they want to be out there. The real response when you get to know Joe is when you think about rent, and let's go back to what we just talked about. A really cheap apartment here in town is 550 a month, mm-hmm. if you can find those. Mm-hmm. And then you have to yeah. pay the application fee, the deposit. Now they're wanting multiple months' deposit in advance, Um, and Joe can't afford that. So Joe's safe response. And because he's a man and because he has self dignity and respect and he wants to be respected, he says, ah, I don't need that. Right. But in all reality, Joe can't afford that. Hmm. So it's not that they want to be out there. It's just, Mm -hmm. there aren't any options and they don't want you to think that they, they can't hack it.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah.
2: So that's it on, on that part. Um, and then, of course, you've got the criminal aspect of it. You've got major offenders, minor offenders, um, all types of, of of offenders that are mm-hmm. out there. And so, there's just that stigma and that fear that you know they've they've ran through the gamut on their relationships and their families, and you know they they're abusing. Uh, Drugs and alcohol, and they want to be there. But I I view it as as somewhere along the way, you know, because we're a relational model. We want to build relationships with people and we want to know your whole story. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that story, you're going to find some type of catastrophic loss. Yeah. Whether that's a catastrophic loss of a family member, a spouse, um, a job, there's going to be some, a child. uh, Tina, who's my big buddy that's on the streets now, she's been living out there for five years. She lost a child. And through that loss, and I understand grief on a level that's just mind-blowing with the loss of Jacob, but through that loss, you know, if you don't have somebody to community that's rallying behind you that's helping push that through to get you to that next level and overcoming grief, you could get lost in that sea of grief. Absolutely. And through that loss, you might become an alcoholic. Sure. You might become a drug addict. You might want to numb that pain that grief, that loss, whether that's job or family or whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. And so I view alcoholism and and drug addiction issues as a secondary aspect to what the primary issue is, is through some kind of cataf- catastrophic lo- loss in their family. Sure. Something happened. What yeah. was it? Yeah. And most people don't want to get that deep. You know, most people want to say, oh, she's you know, she's obviously falling over everywhere and stumbling everywhere. So she's an alcoholic. That's why she's homeless. But that's not always true.
1: No. And the thing that I we discovered uh, in all this is that they're not so much different than we are. Like, I mean, the <sighs> yeah. conversation we have, we talk about the braids, We talk about whatever and uh, just conversations. So, you know, I'm going to confess, you know, when I started in this, I had these notions and, now it's kind of interesting every time I see somebody walking on the street, especially over near Governor's or that the mm-hmm. bridge there overpass, I look to see if it's somebody I know from, yeah. you know, that I've made connections with or whatever and stuff. And rather than just seeing a, a face or just seeing that's a homeless person, I, I'll ignore this, I'm at the red light, they're asking for money, you know, the, those things have been broken down a lot for me. And, and, and you're – you, you and others that have come into our life, my life and these people that have come into my life over yeah. 2020 have really made a difference in that respect. And yeah. I think that's what, you know, we need to realize we're all made in the image of God and, uh, absolutely. and that we have a responsibility or at least to treat them with dignity and, you know, to at least show the love of Jesus.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, and I think, you know, so let me be, let me, break it down on my loss real quick because I think that that'll help just the average person understand you know the depths of that but Jacob um, was stung by a bee we went on a Saturday to a friend's house and spent the night for a birthday party for their little kid and we spent the night at my parents house we got up we owned a piece of property out in Aniston Jacob was going to go cut the grass uh, for that property just to maintain the property as we all do um, and then he was going to come back. We were going to drive to Huntsville. And at the time, we led a hiking community group through my church, which is Essential Church. And so we were going to go and do the hiking community group that afternoon. We were meeting at Montesano at 3. Well, he got, we got up, and he went to cut the grass. And around 11, I got a phone call from a neighbor saying, hey, Jacob's gone to the— um, emergency room via ambulance and I'm like what? But this wasn't unusual for Jacob. He was always in the ER. Um, we <laughs> we could laugh about that for days. He cut a hand. He had a oh, mountain sure. bike accident. He did this. Um,
0: Quintessential one, guy.
2: One Christmas right. Eve he jabs his hand with a drill bit. Uh, he was always in the mm-hmm. ER. I have stories for days. So mm-hmm. I was worried but not that worried. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it just spiraled out of control and he I found out later he was stung by a bee, um, in full blown anaphylactic shock, and was in the ER and ICU for 14 hours. And there was a lot in that 14 hours, but I was not able to take him home. Um, that anaphylactic shock was enough. And to be clear, he had been stung by a bee before. So the the age old question of did you know that he had allergies? You can throw that one out the window for me because that that was non existent. Um, and so uh, Jacob and I and others, um, our team, back in 2018, we went to um, Community First Village out in Austin, Texas. That's the group that we're replicating. Yeah. And so he he was a beast in this community as far as a mover and a shaker when it comes to homelessness. Like he was the the muscle behind moving things and doing doing different things. And um, in that in that ER and ICU, we had 20 uh, 20, he was, Jacob was 23. So 22 people in an ICU, which is absolutely unthinkable, especially right now in this day and age where we're at with COVID and people in ICUs and not being able to visit. But Mm -hmm. that was God's work. We had 22 individuals, um, uh, pastors and friends and family, um, that were all praying over Jacob and praying, you know, that he could stay here on earth and God had a different plan. And, um, I still, Uh, I know that'll be one of the first questions when I get to heaven was, what was that plan? You know, like he was 36, you know, we had a four year old and a nine year old at the time. Mm. Um, But I, I became overwhelmed with emotion just the other day. I was popping out of essential church. Um, They're a huge partner for community of hope and love those guys. And and they have been, they they are truly um, my community when it comes to shepherding my grief. And I'm thankful for that. But, Um, I was, I met with them about some different marketing things and popped out of the church and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like if I hadn't have had my church, my community, my family rallying behind me, checking on me, Randy, I'm sure you checked on me. I can't even remember those moments in 2019. I wasn't even thinking clearly the amount of people that poured out and checked on me and ushered me along the way. But could I have been that next person that ended up on the streets you know, with being an alcoholic because I just couldn't deal with it. I mean, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with and continue to deal with daily. Um, But it's because of my community and the people that are rallying behind me that I'm able to push through that. And obviously because of my God, you know, and he Mm -hmm. is he is there for me. Um, uh, And even in the, the darkest valleys, he's there. And mm-hmm. so I'm grateful and thankful for that opportunity. But I have a new level of understanding people on stereotypes and and is it truly their loss that has them where they are. And sure. newfound found compassion for me, even on a deeper level of, of popping out of a car and hugging somebody. You know, it's just real stuff.
0: Right. You know, you know, my daughter, my youngest daughter, who uh, I think she's nine. I have to separate them all out. But, um <laughs> She, she said we were asking about the community and which we're able to work with at 2020, and one of the things she said was she's one of the things that they had learned is that they're just people. And that's the simplest way because it's really easy to disassociate them from being people, the mm-hmm. people who are homeless on the streets. Those are homeless people. And it was really neat to hear her say, no, they're just people mm-hmm. because because that's exactly you 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 described it really well is you 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 move beyond that they become people who are close to you and 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 part of that process it sounds like at least in your faith walk in your faith journey that provided even more clarity in a strange way is losing your husband Mm -hmm. in the middle of this and the pain and the doors and your eyes even being opened yeah, in that process.
2: Yeah, it was it was it was tough, and it's like I mentioned, it's still tough. But um, I'm in in such mm-hmm. a season of joy right now. You know, sure. Jacob um, helped us with with becoming. He's truly a founder of Community of Hope, and then um, how impressed I am at, at God and providing um, Chaz, my husband. Now he is incredible, and through that we have four kids. We have a twenty year old. A 17-year-old, 11-year-old, <laughs> and a nine-year-old, mm. and um, so grateful to be in this season that I'm in, and even you know beyond that, like Chaz is truly the one that walked me through even quitting my corporate cushy job, which was very—it wasn't easy because you throw out your 401k contributing match, you oh, throw yeah. out all your benefits, you yeah. know, and healthcare these days, my goodness, it's mm. a—it's tough, but it's a step up in faith for me. You know, this is in community of hope is in game for me. And Chaz has been there to usher that next, those next steps. And so how amazing is it that I had, you know, Jacob who had a passion and heart for serving the homeless. And then I have Chaz who um, he's new to homelessness too. He's from Albertville. And so I don't, I think the first time he maybe the first couple of times that we were hanging out, I took him to serve a homeless camp and he's like, what is, what is this? You know, like, because small town, you just don't see it oh, rampant. You don't yeah. understand camps, you sure. know, or experience that. So yeah. I'm pulling him through that lens of, of homelessness and stereotypes and, and, and trying to, you know, share the last 10 years of my experience with him, you know, in a very short period of time. But he's been incredible in, in, in ushering that next step with me. And even the the interviews and the dinners and the things that we have to do to create awareness for Community of Hope, he's watching those two boys, you know, at uh, home. Yeah. And, mm. and, and we're doing it that way. So we're excited.
0: It sounds like you've got a great <laughs> partner. So you've talked about some of your struggles in – in your life Mm -hmm. and, and losing a husband. I, you know, I can't even imagine losing a spouse and the, and the process of grief you had to go through in that. But can you also tell us about maybe some of the struggles that you've faced as you've tried to walk through community of hope, building this, trying to get to the next step and what's the next step. Maybe even some of those struggles and setbacks that you've seen. Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, let me talk a little bit about community because um, obviously you've got the materialistic things that we've talked about, the housing and all of those things. But, I, And I've mentioned this several times. It's, it's the community that truly makes this model work. Absolutely. It's the people like us yeah. and the people that are listening today that will come out and be volunteers that will be the game changer in mm-hmm. how homelessness is addressed in our city right now. Um, but one of our struggles that we had changed early on is we had um, a short-term strategy and a long-term strategy. The short-term strategy was to purchase campers roughly around $10,000 a month and lift each individual up into a camper and mm-hmm. then put them in a campground throughout the city. Um, that's currently – we do have one resident, Ricky, the veteran that I told you about that yeah. was in the hospital. He is our resident, and he is in a campground somewhere in the city. Now, um,
0: I saw that on. Is that the video on the website? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. so
2: through COVID, um, and really through the trials of my grief. I mean, this happened to Jacob in 2019, and so you know, still trying to stand up community yeah. of hope, still trying to pursue what God has called me to do, and still trying to grieve. You know, with everything that's happening, and then um, Chaz has come alongside, and having its excitement and working through all of that turmoil. But the short-term strategy, um, we had to have a meeting with our team and and because of COVID and because of the community issues that we were having with people not being comfortable going out and serving or people, even with Ricky, Ricky has congestive heart failure. And so we were not sure about having people coming in serving Ricky. Would we expose him to COVID? Would he be, you know, with congestive heart failure, that's that's a no-go. And so we as a team had to um, decide that we were going to no longer pursue our short term strategy of lifting people up into campers, the success of that was having a missional community group or a small group love on that individual. And there was just no way with COVID that we could pursue that because um, we would need roughly, you know, 50 to 100 volunteers, depending upon how many people that we lifted up. We wanted oh, yeah. to put 10 volunteers with each resident. And so you see what I'm saying? And and just with COVID, it just wasn't going to work. And so um, we had a very serious meeting with our partners. We love to be um, expressed that we're 100% graceful and 100% truthful. And so we wanted to be good stewards of the donations that we had already received um, and switch gears from lifting people up short term into campers into going all in for the land. And so that's where we're at. We're all in for the land right now. Um, we're currently doing a, a capital campaign of 1.5 million that will allow us to purchase land here in Huntsville We all know how expensive land is.
0: Oh yeah especially now Yes, yes. so
2: we've seen some good good properties We're looking in Madison County because we want to do animals and we want to do tiny homes and we can't do that within city limits uh-huh. So we are um, we're fundraising for that and we've had some very encouraging conversations some very encouraging, Um, collaboration and something, God is just, he's up to something and it's, it's awesome to be a part of. Um, We've talked a lot about like churches and how churches can have silo ministries, right? We're kind of all doing our thing in our own little box and our own little bubble. And we're not really thinking about what other churches Mm -hmm. are doing. But I think about, you know, if we were to all combine our efforts, um, what impact would that have? And so we've had several different leaders from other churches and other organizations come together and, and talk about not just collaborating, but colliding and breaking mm-hmm, down those mm-hmm. silo ministries and working together and making Community of Hope a reality um, for our homeless men and women who sleep on our streets here in Huntsville.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds amazing. It is. So... <laughs> This kind of, this connects, but it say there's somebody out there today listening to us this conversation, and they're thinking, you know, I wish I could identify a need, or and and, and 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 I'm just one person. What could I do to, you know, how can I make a difference in my community and meet a need that exists? You know, what would you say to them? and and, and maybe if you even separate it from any of the things that you're doing right now, just, you know, you, your thing started with a dream that you had, you mm-hmm. know, or a vision God gave you or put on your heart. What would you say to that person? Like they're out there saying, there's really not anything I can do, but I really would like to be serving and helping meet a need.
2: Well, uh, so we're such a <clears> – <throat> handsy community i guess is the best way to do it like tangible things like we want to take a, a, some food mm-hmm. and we want to serve it to a person or we want to take a jacket and we want to put it on that person and and those are wonderful amazing incredible things but the part about community of hope and i've been joking with my team recently about fundraising fundraising is spelled f-u-n starting right and i'm like what fun (laughs) is fundraising um because it's 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 kind of mundane and it's not that it doesn't give you that thrilling um feel that you get when you embrace somebody with a hug or you wrap a, a jacket around them and 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 all of those things and so that's kind of the season that i'm personally in so randy when you ask how can you help for community of hope first and foremost i would say prayer Um, be praying. You know, as far as our community is concerned, this is important to me, not only because of my love for our homeless brothers and sisters, but because of my love for Huntsville. I've talked about that so many different times. I love Big Spring Park. I love Mid-City. I love all the new developments that's coming to town. I love Montesano. I love all the fun things that we're doing. When I was in Austin, Texas, in that same type of environment, I was stepping over homeless men and women to get into really nice restaurants. So I don't want our community to look like an Austin, Texas, and I promise you we are on that path, and we're going to have to have some real talk about that in this city. Um, As we take on the number one spot for population in the state of Alabama, our homeless population is also going to eventually take that number one spot. We're not far from that, and we've got to have that Mm. realization Mm. of what we are doing is if as far as a city is concerned. And I know as Huntsvilleans, we're all pretty passionate about Huntsville. Mm-hmm. And so one, you got to think about the overall community part. Um, and then I mentioned the prayer. Um, that is, is such a need for our community because of that gap. It is there, whether you see it or, or you don't see it. I, I have seen it from experience. So the other big part is, you know, helping us create awareness. Um, Anybody that you meet along the way, talk about Community of Hope. Talk about the fact that we are truly the only solution-based approach as far as an organization is concerned, not only in this town, but in the state. Mm. In the state of Alabama, as far as I know, Community of Hope is the only solution-based approach that is filling a gap and providing permanent, supportive, affordable housing. Um, and so that's exciting. And we will be super complimentary to, let's, let's talk about the orgs that we've got in our right. community that's doing a wonderful job. Right. You've got First Stop, mm-hmm. you've got Downtown Rescue Mission, you've got Salvation Army, 2820. There's, you talk about even you start breaking down into the smaller groups. You've got a lot of smaller groups that are doing phenomenal at what they're mm-hmm. doing and serving the needs of our men and women. Um, a lot When you get to the point where you realize that you've got people living inside of the Downtown Rescue Mission for eight years, all right. you got to take a step back because downtown rescue mission is an emergency shelter it's meant for providing temporary housing they have wonderful programs that they're very excited about but we've even had in-depth conversations with other orgs that are saying when they get to that point of graduating that program or they've completed their client program steps with us now it's time for them to put them in a house mm-hmm. and then they're like where do they go right there's nowhere for them to go. Right. And that's frustrating. And there is there there are places for them to go, but it's a very small percentage, in the waiting list or ridiculous um and it's it's very hard to find that next step and so Mm. community of hope is that next step all right community of hope is when you have had a client that went through first stop successfully they're ready for that next step community of hope will be that next step right and so it is truly a collaboration it is truly complementary to what other organizations are doing in our community Mm -hmm. but we are unique there's nothing else like it yeah
0: that that's one thing I've seen uh, working alongside in twenty eight twenty in the living room and seeing what's happening there. You do realize that all of them hold hands. Mm. You know they're all linked. It's like you, we talk about first stop. We talk about community hope. We talk about shower up. We talk about you know all the different organizations that are that are pieced right there together. Yeah, and they are. Like you said, they're, they're it's whole- like a
2: puzzle. Like if you think about yeah. it from a puzzle, and what is the missing puzzle piece that we have right now? That is permanent affordable mm-hmm. housing. Sure. That, that is the the missing. And think about and things that I think about back to not just collaborating but colliding. Think about how much money each organization or each church is spending towards providing emergency housing, like hotels or. Yeah. Providing utility assistance for this, or providing so there's there's so much money that's funneling into these different organizations that if we would all take a step back and collide a little bit further, and provide work towards providing that permanent affordable housing that's going to offload a lot of the expenses that are already rolling through some of these organizations, Um, and that's exciting because it's really. It's, it's helping on so many different levels. If you were to offload all of the people that were living in downtown Rescue Mission, they could truly focus on providing those emergency services that they do so well at. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with First Stop. You get a client that that's you know gone through their program, and they get to that point of what's next. You've got that caseworker that's spending right. hours looking for them for a place to live. That's
0: exactly right. We, yes. we see yeah. a ton of those sure. that come to church, sure. right? For they'll sure. come to worship, and they'll say, I'm
1: I'm on the list for <gasps> I'm on the list
2: for, so for a house.
1: To get on the list they're they're excited, much less the time they're gonna have to wait if forever to try to find something. Or but something then but early. then
0: you're exactly right. The next thing they say is, Well, but the application fee is and then I've gotta figure out how to come up with that first down payment of five hundred <laughs> and whatever mm-hmm. something dollars, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the thought of that is overwhelming. It is. Mm -hmm. So, so they, you see progression and then it is just like a stop sign. It
2: is. It is.
0: So that's really cool that, that y'all are the next puzzle piece.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, And embrace that. And, Again, I'm grateful and thankful for all the work that the the nonprofits that are here in town, they serve a phenomenal purpose, and they're doing a wonderful job. You know, it's just just, I'm so excited to be, you know, lock arm in arm with people and move forward. This is the largest collaborative movement in mitigating homelessness that I have ever witnessed or been a part of. Mm -hmm. And the more awareness, so back to how can you help, the more awareness that we have that Community of Hope will be providing those services and allow our organizations to function as they were truly designed, Mm-hmm. How much, how much more awesome would that be?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! So
2: exciting! Yeah. So exciting!
0: That's uh. So, so there's there's people out here listening. I, one of the things I did want to mention is, I love the missional living idea, Ooh, where you're yeah. inviting people to come be okay. missionaries, right? Right. What we're supposed to be doing anyway in our communities and at everywhere we are, we're supposed to be living out the mission of Christ, but. Uh, I love the invitation for people to come to that, a place.
2: Well, it's in our own backyard, right? I mean, like from a missionary perspective, I've talked with a couple of other groups and their missionary programs are shut down right now, completely shut down. They can't travel. They're afraid to travel. They either can take the vaccine, they can't take. There's so many different things there yeah. but you could be missional five minutes from your house I mean my the, a homeless camp yeah. from my house uh, around Drake is uh-huh. six minutes it takes me six minutes to get from my home to a homeless camp and a lot of people, you either know that in Huntsville or you don't. Right. And so yeah. creating awareness and, and sharing where we're at as a community and addressing this issue as it needs to be addressed and not just hiding it. We do a really good job of hiding our homeless. Sure. I was talking to a group in Birmingham, and they were like, where, where do you hide your homeless? And I'm like, well, they're just right there, but they're on a back road that nobody knows, and it's not yeah. right in our faces. And maybe that's our issue as a community. It's not in our faces. I'm, I'm grateful that it's not, but it also allows us to not address it. -hmm. Headstrong as we should. Sure.
0: So if 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 there are people out there going, "Hey, I'm interested. Yeah. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what my piece is, but I'm interested in being part of community of hope. How do they get in contact you with you? What does that look like? How can they reach yeah. out? Yeah, so
2: um, social media um, is is an incredible way to do it. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at H S V C O H is um, how you can find us that way. Or you can just type it in Huntsville Community of Hope, and it'll you'll find it. Um, our website also has a way that you can contact us if you want. Um, to know how your church can be involved. Back sure. to Churches Colliding, please invite me to your church. I would love to share what's on my heart and um, and what we're doing and how your church can be a part of it. But that sure. website is www.hsvcommunityofhope.org, and you can contact us via email that way. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, follow us on social media.
0: And that's a great website. Like I said, I looked at it earlier, and it's very, it's very informative on what the plan is. Yes. Um, and it's... Yep. Uh, Step
2: one, purchase land yeah. um, or have land donated. So sure. if, if anyone knows of property in Madison County, we're looking for roughly 50 acres. We do. My, my one point of criteria is we want to be close to transportation because we don't want to be so far out in the county mm-hmm. that our friends don't have access back into yeah. the city for services. Yeah, that's a big deal. So I need to be, you know, within a five mile range of the last bus stop. Uh, in town. And mm-hmm. so 50 acres in Madison County, um, is, is that step that we're looking for. So step awesome. one by land. Yeah.
1: This awesome. has been, um, I mean, it's been a wonderful conversation to have with you, Mandy, today to see you again and to, and to see, and then you can hear in her, in her voice and we can see it mm-hmm. <laughs> in her face, the love and passion you have for the community of hope and for this vision that you've, you know, for the vision that the community of hope has. And, um, we just thank you for sharing this time with us today and being a part of the, our uh, podcast and let us talk to you not only about community hope it, but also about homelessness and just hopefully some folks out there listening will want to connect with what you're you know with the, what you are doing uh, but and also keep their eyes open for ways they can um look for people that they can minister to and point in the right direction so absolutely
0: yeah. absolutely. Uh, Mandy, I just want to take a minute and pray. Oh, uh, please,
2: thank you. Let's pray. Okay.
0: God, we believe that you work. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, how uh, it's evident you're working in Mandy's life, and I know she's mm-hmm. been through struggles, still dealing um, with grief, um, with an excitement and fervor for the homeless community. There's still um, that 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 uh, that place that. That is difficult to get through, I'm sure, at times. So, Father, I just pray for a special blessing over her right now, for a blessing mm-hmm. of peace and comfort in the middle of still uh, grieving. Father, I'm thankful that you are using that grief but, uh, and her desire to be more and do more. Father, I'm thankful that, uh, that you have put in her such a drive for our, those experiencing homelessness. Father, I ask uh, for the churches and or people and for you to reveal the place, provide the place for these people to live, Father, so that we can walk alongside of them and love them the way they deserve to be loved as mm-hmm. we've all been chosen by you. Thank you for uh, your blessings. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Mandy, we want to thank you for coming in. Awesome. There's, um, there's one thing in this conversation. Um, that those listening it may hopefully will help you visualize what's going on and anybody out there uh, may put an interest and passion for you to have a desire to work with a homeless community or anything god honoring the biggest thing is get out and do it and uh, we appreciate all those listening we'd love to have your comments on and feedback on a broken jars podcast so Please understand that our goal is always to honor God by the experience of real life stories and real faith you hear on this podcast. May God bless you as you live out your life, your story of real faith in your own settings.